This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Sticks and Stones podcast. I am your host, Stone Fredrickson, and on this show, I explore the different minds and lifestyles of very successful entrepreneurs, content creators, and investors to try to provide you with as much valuable information so that you could become successful. I hope every single one of you are having a great day. Today's episode is going to be super excited. I am joined by one of my favorite TikTok creators, Mike Rama. He has over 68,000 followers on TikTok as he talks about starting, growing, monetizing, and optimizing your TikTok account, along with educating brands on how they can do the same with starting on TikTok and what they should be doing in order to grow. He is also the host of the Brands Meet Creators podcast, and he also runs a TikTok-specific agency called Brands Meet Creators, where he matches brands that are looking to get more on TikTok with creators that are looking to create content for the brands they love. Mike has tons of experience in marketing, social media, TikTok, entrepreneurship, and the creator economy, so I'll be asking him questions about all of those and about his podcast. Super excited to have him on to bring myself and every one of you watching and listening tons of value. I'm always looking for ways to uh, explore different opinions and advice when it comes to TikTok and social media and that industry, so super excited for this one. Make sure that you guys subscribe to the podcast. Sauce me a nice five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on, and also be sure to share the podcast with everyone you know and if you see me i don't care if you already know me or you've never said a word to me please come up introduce yourself let's have a chat i love and appreciate every single one of you and the least i can do is chat with you for a couple minutes but other than that thank you guys for tuning in and i hope you enjoy all right mike so thank you so much for coming on uh first i um i was taking a look over your account and i love how you pinned your story at the top of your your account i i think i'm gonna do that but Fill your audience, fill the audience in on who you are, what you've done, and how you gotten where you are today. For sure. First off, Stone, appreciate being on the podcast, man. Um, but yeah, my story, where I am, how I got here. Basically, growing up, kind of uh, your like traditional path, right? Went to school, was taught, hey, get good grades, go to college, land a land a nice job, high paying job, work your way up the ladder, and that's essentially what happened. I uh, went to school in Pennsylvania, studied math, studied economics, got a nice job up in New York City, worked up there for a few years. And then I just realized like, I do not want to do this. Like I cannot see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Um, and so for those few years I was up in New York, I was constantly doing like the side hustles, right? I call that like the side hustle era. I would go to work, I'd come home and I'd be working on like some drop shipping store, some like print on demand t-shirts or Amazon FBA running Facebook ads for people. Just, you know, just constantly trying new stuff. Um, never had a ton of success with any of those things until I got a little bit more into digital marketing. Like one thing I learned was through each one of those side hustles, I learned more and more about marketing and I learned that I really enjoyed marketing as a whole. Like that was always my favorite thing, like gr growing an Instagram account and like running ads. Uh, so I got more into the marketing world. I was running a ton of Facebook and YouTube ads for like affiliate offers. And it eventually got to a point where uh, once COVID hit and I, you know, I moved out of New York City, I moved to my mom's house. 
that's when I made this huge decision. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leave my corporate job and I'm going to just go all in on marketing, go all in on myself. And with that, I decided to move to Mexico with a, a friend of mine. That was like a huge life decision. Um, but one of the best decisions that I've ever made because I essentially surrounded myself with a completely new environment, completely new group of people. Um, I just had this like full life change at that moment, right? Just going from like corporate job working in New York city. to like, okay, now I'm moving down to Mexico with a buddy and I'm going all in on myself. Still went through a couple different things there. Like I was running Facebook ads for clients at one point. I was still working with like affiliate offers, getting into YouTube ads. But then eventually I hop onto TikTok, right? I just kind of heard whispers for so long. Like my sister was telling me like, hey, why don't, why don't you guys get onto TikTok? Like I just kept hearing it from so many people. And at one point I was like, all right, let's go for it. Let's just do it. So I got on TikTok. I started just making videos about marketing, videos about my story. I was talking Facebook ads, YouTube ads, all these different things, landing pages. And eventually um, just built that up. I was using it to attract clients for my agency at the time, which was all about paid ads, Facebook and, uh, and YouTube. And then it just slowly grew into more of this like creator economy role, right? I started landing brand deals with a couple of different brands. Like I landed one with Zapier. That's like my, my big brand deal that I have now. I started kind of helping other creators with this, growing a Facebook page, just helping people with like how they could land brand deals as well. And then I shifted on the client side too, to now, you know, instead of doing the Facebook ads and YouTube ads, I had clients that were seeing me like, okay, what's up with TikTok? Like, you know, how can we get over there? And so I started focusing on how can I help businesses get on to TikTok? Cause I had grown this network of content creators who were looking to do the same thing. They were looking to partner up with brands. And then I had a bunch of clients and I was very familiar with the, the agency space looking to do the exact opposite. They're like, how do we, how do we partner up with these content creators? How do we get onto TikTok? And so I kind of became the bridge between the two worlds. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot to, to, um, to go over there, but I want to, I want to start off with the, with the agency. I mean, when when these brands come to you like are there any brand requirements that you look at like is it sales social media presence prior social media presence or is there like a specific business structure that you like working yeah. with there's a couple things that i look for like the first of which is always okay do they have existing sales already do they have a converting website a converting funnel like i never really like to start with like a new company who's like, they don't even know if their product is, is tested. Like it's always a great sign for me if, if someone comes to me and they're like, yeah, we're spending a hundred thousand a month on Facebook ads. Then I'm like, okay, this thing converts somewhere else, right? We'll be able to get it convert to convert over on TikTok. Another thing I look for too, I get a lot of like local companies and local businesses that, that reach out. I'm not a huge fan of working with local businesses just because of the way TikTok works and the way the algorithm is, right? You could post from Philadelphia and maybe only like 3% of all your views come from Philadelphia and they're uh, they're even like eligible to come see your business, right? Whether that's like a restaurant or whatever it is. So just because of the way the platform's set up, I'm not a huge fan of working with local businesses either. I'd, I'd prefer it to be like at least a national online style business. So just picking off from there, if it is a mm -hmm. physical location, if it's a retail store, if it's a gym that usually gets revenue and sales from people coming in, how do you think they can grow their business and gain more revenue on a platform like, 
like TikTok. Yeah. So not saying that like those businesses shouldn't be on TikTok because they should. I just think it's a it's a little bit harder, right? So let's say let's take the the fitness route for example. Um, let's say I'm a I'm a fitness instructor, right? And I have some type of online fitness program. I put out a video and it's seen by ten thousand people. All ten thousand of those people now have the opportunity to work with me. Versus, let's say I'm I'm a uh, you know same exact person, but instead of my services being online, they're in person, and you have to come visit me at this one specific address. I put out a video. It's seen by ten thousand people. Maybe of those ten thousand people, there's only like three hundred people who are even in that area that could possibly purchase from me. So like you're immediately just reducing your chance of success, right? It's just like kind of like cutting off traffic at the very top of the funnel. Um, one one thing that can help with that, and as TikTok ads are getting better and better, you can do some like geo targeting with ads where you can you know target specific areas. Uh, so that's something to definitely look into, but not saying that like local businesses should not have a presence. I just personally don't think it's as effective as a brand that is completely national. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And it totally makes sense. Do you think, uh, uh, like if, if we're sticking with that fitness realm, a gym should make digital products like programs and and services like that? I mean, it's going to come back to like what their ultimate goals are. Like I, I don't recommend like trying to do too many things, right? If you're, if you're a gym and you're like a local, you know, retail gym, I, I recommend, you know, figuring out what your plan is and kind of like staying in that lane. So it, 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 like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to make like their business work just because of TikTok. Um, but yeah, I, I just think TikTok is it's it's much better for a product that can be sold online and it can be sold anywhere. But at the same time, if you look at Instagram, right, all, every every restaurant, all these local businesses, like everyone's on Instagram, and I think the same thing is happening with TikTok. Um, I just personally see it; a, it's a little bit less effective as from like a marketing agency standpoint, right? The value that you can deliver, it's limited because of kind of that equation that I walked through earlier where you get 10,000 views and instead of now you have 10,000 potential customers, you just cap yourself right off the bat to like 300, 500, whatever that percentage is. Right. right. Yeah. How do these, uh, how do these brands contact you and how do they find you? Is it just off of your TikTok or do they look you up? Is it from Facebook? Vast majority right now from TikTok, um, a little bit like I'm slowly branching out a little bit more into like YouTube podcasting as well. Uh, but yeah, the vast majority TikTok right now. Do you think do you think every brand should have a, a, a face and a creator of the brand or, you know, like if not, what content should they put out and like who should be putting that out? Yeah, I do. Um, but I'm going to caveat that like it's not necessary that every brand should only have like one face. I do recommend that, especially for smaller brands. However, this is one of the biggest questions that I always get. It's like, should we just have one person? Can we have multiple? Like what are the pros and cons? And if you think about it, having one face, what it does is it allows a much stronger connection with the audience, right? Because with TikTok, when you're scrolling through, you don't remember that you know, when you scroll by, like I have a bag in front of me right now, you don't remember uh, that the Quicksilver logo, right? You remember the person's face. You're not going to remember that. It's like, oh, it's like blah, blah, blah business. No, you remember like what that face is. 
And so having one face, it creates more connection. Whereas if you're, let's say, you know, one of these huge beauty brands and you have like 15 different content creators, that connection is a little bit less, uh, less strong, right? It's less memorable, but from a brand's perspective, there is a lot of risk in just putting your entire brand behind one face, right? Because what, what if like six months from now, that person's like, Hey, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm going to go make my own videos. And now you kind of just lost your whole face because of that one person. So it's really difficult for brands to, to make that commitment to, to just one person. Right. Yeah. And I, but I, I totally agree with you. I mean, the reason why a lot of us, you know, me, you, other TikTok gurus out there, uh, incentivize and recommend brands to get a creator is for that connection is for that face because they're trying to build that connection if if you have so many videos and so many other people it's, it's kind of hard to build that community especially on a platform like tiktok um mm-hmm. but if a big company like a fortune 500 company were to come to you and said hey mike you know we want to take advantage of a platform like tiktok you know what what do you think they should do and and, and where do you think they should start yeah so with a company like that the the one face it makes less sense. Like I see, like when I talk with bigger companies, they're the ones that are much more hesitant to do that, right? They're much more hesitant to be like, okay, we're going to put all the eggs in this basket. Like this is, this is our person right here. But if you're going to go with multiple content creators, you're going to go like with that route, you have to find a way to still tell a cohesive story so that if you see creator one and you see creator five, you still understand that they're connected, right? So that could be anything from creating like a series or just having like a similar feel. Like maybe they all have kind of like the same background or maybe they all do like something that's very similar, right? Oh, find a way to make it feel like this is one cohesive account, right? This is one page. This isn't just like eight people, just random videos that we're throwing in here with the product. You have to find a way to kind of keep that story keep everything together makes total sense makes total sense and and on the creator side if a creator's listening and being like man i want to work with these brands do you is do you look for any specific requirements what what should be a create like what should a creator be thinking about what should they be doing yeah so there's a lot of creators are very like I guess, worried about the number of followers that they have. They're like, oh, like, is 20,000 followers enough? Like, is 80,000 followers enough? And the thing is, we've landed creators deals all different sizes, right? Million followers, half a million followers, all the way down to a thousand followers, right? So like, I've, I've landed brand deals for content creators that have, I think, like, a thousand, 1500, somewhere in that ballpark, right? And really what the brand is looking for is can this creator make the style of video that I want, right? And and what is the, the chance of success with them? So even if you have, you know, 100,000 followers, one thing that brands really look for is that you have a lot of tools in your toolkit, right? You're not someone who's just doing the videos that are 10 seconds with the text on the screen and the trending sound, right? If that's all you do, it's much harder to work with you because that's all you can do, right? And from a marketing standpoint, there's, there's, there's not much room there, right? You can, you can just do that one style of video, but if you're someone that can do that style of video, you can speak to the camera. That's another huge one, right? Brands want someone that can speak to the camera because that just opens so many more possibilities if you can do that. And a lot of creators can't, not that they can't, they don't, right? And if you don't show that on your account at all, it's a little bit harder. 
So they're looking for people who can do all that. They can talk to the camera. They can give like educational tips. They can be like a little bit uh, emotional on camera, right? They can show some insecurities. They can show that they're authentic. They can do the day in the life. They can do all of these different things. So just to kind of sum, sum up that whole thing, like they're looking for someone who is very dynamic. They're looking for someone who can do a lot. Love it. Love it. And to piggyback off that, like you said, not a lot of people put themselves out there and really film themselves talking. What, what do you recommend for those people that might be listening and, and don't are still insecure and they don't like to put themselves out there and they're afraid of filming themselves and maybe they haven't even started on TikTok and, and still kind of, you know, deciding if they want to or not? What do you tell that person? Yeah, I mean, the, the first one's always the hardest one, right? right. It's like... It's like once you do it once, you like use that muscle for the first time. And it's like, it's going to take some time. It's so difficult. Like even when I first got on TikTok, I remember prior to that, like I had filmed so many videos. I'd filmed YouTube videos before. I'd filmed a ton of like video ads on YouTube and Facebook. And it wasn't that I was not comfortable in front of the camera. It was that this was something new. So like, even though I'd filmed a ton of other things before, filming that first TikTok was so daunting for me and like, it, it, I knew I had to do it and it sat there for like two weeks and I was like, ah, oh, like I got to record this first one, like writing off so many drafts and the first time I'm trying to do it, it just feels so awkward and so forced. And so, yeah, it's really just like just putting that first one out there and not really worrying what the results are. Like that first one, like the goal of your first video that you put out there isn't to get you leads. It's not to go viral. It's not to connect with any brands. It's to start, right? Like, like don't focus on like, same thing goes for running a marathon, right? You, you got to start with the first step. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing with this. You just have to get started. And the, the purpose of that first one isn't to be perfect. It's not to be great. It's literally to just be the first one. It's just to take the first step. Love that. Love that. I always tell people, especially starting out, like you got to understand and acknowledge the fact that your first 100 videos are probably going to be pretty shit. So, but if mm -hmm. you go in that mindset and you just put your head down and, and focus on making those first hundred videos and posting them, you're going to be way better off and you're going to already be growing. So, uh, that's a, that's a great point. Um, I want to, I want to add something else to yeah. there. I think that the expectation going into it is super important because like, okay, we just talked about the first step in creating the first video, which is huge. But then the next part is, okay, now can you do that a hundred more times? And so if you go into it with the expectation of like, Oh, I'm going to make, you know, like four videos a week and like, I'm going to blow up and my business is going to be great. And like all this stuff. And like, I'm going to sell my thing. Like if you go into that, if you go into it with that mindset and then like video number 29 comes around and you're still at 18 followers, you're going to quit, yeah. you know? So like going into it with like, okay, I'm doing this for the long run and like, I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to keep getting better every video and coming into it with the mindset of like, I'm not doing this for just like initial short-term success. I'm not coming into this and just trying to like sell something, but I'm coming into it with like, I'm just going to make super valuable videos. Like, honestly, I think that creators shouldn't even try to monetize until they have like 5,000 followers, like at a minimum, like you shouldn't even really be thinking about it. You should just think about growing and just like providing valuable information. Yeah. 100%. I always tell people like, there's no such thing as monetizing too late, but there is such thing as monetizing too early. Cause if you monetize too early, people are going to view you, view you as a sellout as someone that's just not actually to create a positive impact on the platform. And it's that positive impact that's going to lead them to purchase whatever you're providing and, and support you. But it, it's, 
I think that's one thing that's daunting for brands to get on a platform like TikTok because they're like, wait, we can't monetize right away. How are we going to make money out of this? So when if a brand is listening uh, and, and they're not on social media or, or let's let's backtrack. Should every brand get on social media? Should every brand get on TikTok? What do you what do you think about that? I don't want to speak in like absolute terms, yeah. but yes, I do think like the vast majority TikTok makes a lot of sense for them. And then in terms of that thought process of maybe not monetizing right away and thinking a little bit more long term, it's something that's a little bit difficult for brands because most brands come from the direct response advertising world, right? Where it's like, hey, I put a dollar in, I want to try to get $3 out right away. And I mean, of course, that's amazing, right? Like, that's awesome if you have that machine built. But with TikTok, it is a little bit more long term, right? Like you can't expect a crazy ROI the first the first month. But where things kind of differ, and I like to use this this kind of analogy or this story. But if you think about it, let's say you hire a content creator for five grand a month, right? And they're making you 30 videos every month. That first month, your videos might only get seen by a total of, I don't know, 10,000 people. But then the second month, your videos might get seen now by 20,000 people. So you're continuing to basically increase your reach month over month. And not only your reach, your connection, the bond that you build, your community, like you're increasing everything, but your costs are remaining the same. So there's kind of this like snowball effect that happens if you can really push through and make it past those first initial months where like, you don't know what you're doing, right? Like you're testing out stuff, you have zero followers, because that's where everyone starts. But once you get to the point where like, like kind of where you and I are right now, we could put out a video and it'll get seen by 10,000 people. And I could have like five people book a sales call with me, right? Like that's powerful. But like, you don't start there. Exactly. And, and for brands, if you're going to hire someone, you're, you're probably going to take a loss in the first like month or two while you're building that up. But there are ways to make it even more profitable upfront. Like a lot of these brands that have come to me, they have a decent Instagram presence, but they have nothing on TikTok. So if you hire a content creator, you can take all those videos and put them on Instagram too. Right. And you can put them on YouTube. You can put them on Pinterest. You can put them on Facebook. So like there's a way to get the most bang for your buck, even while you're just starting to grow. Love that. Love that. Yeah. I mean, like you said, when that creator makes content for you on TikTok, you can repurpose that on other platforms and take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but if a if a brand is listening and they they love that, they you, you sold them on the pitch. Now let's get into the in the tactics. What should they be thinking? Who should they hire? You know, what content should they put out? Especially starting in a in a what can be in a you know new confusing space like like social media and TikTok. Yeah, so I like to start with the audience in mind, right? Who is the person that we want to go after? Who is our target audience, right? Is it mothers? Is it uh, kids in college, right? Like who, who is that person? We start there and then we back into, okay, what type of content is this person already consuming? What type of content would be super valuable to this person, right? Are we going to go the entertaining route? Are we going to go the educational route, the inspirational route? Like kind of starting with this strategy, around who is the person that we're looking to get in contact with, who's the person that we're looking to get in front of. And then once we know that, now kind of backing into who's the creator that we need to execute that strategy. So starting with who is our audience, what are they already watching? What type of videos can we serve them that are super valuable? 
now finding a content creator who's already proven to make that style video, right? For example, like I, I had this brand that just came on with me. They make like shorts for men and it's all about like travel lifestyle. They're like versatile shorts. Like you can wear them as like swimwear too. And it's all about like that travel lifestyle. So going out there and finding a content creator who's already shown that like they can grow a travel account to hundred K right. So like not trying to fit, you know, a, a square peg in a round hole, but like finding someone who has a proven track record of making the style of video and making the account that we want. Love it. Yeah. I, and it's such a confusing process for a lot of brands out there because like I said, it, it can be confusing, especially going into it with the thought process of being, Oh my God, this is a, a platform just for dancing and, and just for little mm -hmm. trends. But in reality, it's not, it's way bigger than that. Um, as it continues to grow and as it continues to become the number one website, as it just surpassed Google. Um, but I want to, I want to go more into podcasting and long form content because I'm starting to get into it and, uh, you've been, you've been at it for a little bit. Um, what do you, what do you recommend for someone like me that is, is just starting out in like the podcasting space? Yeah. So I haven't been doing podcasting for too long. I think it's been like a, a few months at this point. Um, but just being consistent with it, right? Like do want, I don't know what your cadence is going to be. Maybe it's one a week, maybe it's two a week, maybe it's two a month, but like whatever that number is, find that and then stick to it. And then what's helped me a ton is finding a way to basically delegate everything after the actual recording. So like one reason why I'm able to be consistent with my podcasting is that I don't do anything outside of having the conversation, right? Like if I had to do all the other stuff on the back end, I would be like, dude, I can't do this, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me because similar to that thought process, uh, with brands that are new to TikTok, where it's like that initial ROI is, is low. It's the same thought for this, right? Like the first like five podcasts you make, like that's not going to, that's not really going to bring you that many more leads. Like that's not going to do too much, but I know the compounding effect of this. Like if I, you know, continue podcasting for a year, two years, like that's going to be super powerful. Right. And so making that process easy on yourself. So you're able to be consistent. That's been probably the biggest thing for me. So, so you don't do any researching or anything like, like that. Do you, do you even outsource that too? No, I do like, what I'll do is the, the only like real thing that I do is figure out who I want to have on the podcast. Got it. Like that's the part that I do, um, like inviting people and getting them, but like the post production, uh, like any editing or any like posting to any of the platforms, I don't do any of that at all. Piggybacking off that kind of run me through the process of the podcast distribution. What clips, how many clips are you taking from the podcast? Uh, who's doing all this for you? Like, and if I, yeah. if I'm looking to hire someone like that, how should that, how should I go about that process? Yeah. So here's how, here's how my process works. Basically when I have someone on the show, I will send them a Calendly link to book a call, to book a time for the podcast, right? That happens when that is finished, that immediately triggers like uh, I use Zapier. That's like one of my sponsors. That's like my favorite tool too. It immediately triggers something where one, my team, my like content team will get notified. Like, Hey, Mike just had this episode with this person. Like here's their details. Uh, and, and it basically starts this, uh, 
this standard operating procedure in ClickUp. And it'll just have all these steps listed where the first one is like, okay, go into Riverside and download the audio and the video, drop it in the Google Drive. And then from there, I have someone on my team who will go through the entire episode and just clean up the little, the ums and the pauses and like cut out the beginning, cut out the ending, just kind of clean it up. And then from there, that audio gets posted onto Spotify and Apple podcast. I believe we use um, Buzzsprout. I think Buzzsprout just does that automatically. And then that full length clip will get turned into between two and four YouTube videos, a couple minutes each, like basically just like the little, the, the topics of the podcast. Someone on my team will go in, they'll make the thumbnails, they'll do the descriptions and everything. They'll get those scheduled, ready to go. And then typically we'll also do like one, maybe two uh, short form clips that'll go on the TikTok and Reels. That's, yeah, that's that's awesome. How did you go about building a team like that? Because that, that sounds so easy for someone, I mean, like yourself, like, but how did you go yeah. about that? Yeah, so my my team right now it's myself and three others. Um, two, one of them is in the U.S. Two of them are based in the Philippines, and everyone on my team was hired for kind of separate purposes, like not not part of this this content process. This is something that came up a little bit later that I was like, okay, we need to build this. But for me, initially, like it was so important to hire people who were just like. A players, right? So like the the people on my team, like they're they're incredible. Like they can do like so many different things, which is awesome. And that was one of the reasons why we were able to make this system, right? Is because you know the the VA that I hired to help with outreach and to help with email management, like she was amazing at graphic design and like she could make the thumbnails. And so it just it just worked out really well um, that we were able to just like boom, just list out the standard operating procedures, like make some tweaks here and there. And you, you just have to go through it a couple of times. But for me, the biggest thing was like hiring super talented people that can do a ton of different things. Yeah. Where, where did you, where did you find them? Did you go on something like LinkedIn or did you go on like a Fiverr Upwork? My, my favorite site for hiring, um, virtual assistants is onlinejobs.ph. Would highly recommend that site. Perfect. Perfect. And then lastly, Mike, on this podcast, I like to normalize money investing, just talking about money. Um, I think mm -hmm. not a lot of people talk about this subject, even though it controls our lives. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, you don't, you don't have to go into the specifics, but just sharing how you invest, what you invest into and, and what you're focusing on moving forward. Yeah, man. Great, great question. And you're right. Not, not a lot of people um, really talk about it too much or, or normalize it. I'll I'll uh I'll go back a little while here. I don't think I've ever really shared this story, but so when I worked up in New York City, um I had like a very high paying job, was making a, a lot of money and like I started to get more into investing, like where should I put my money? And I kind of became like not like a like a gold bug per se, but I had starting started to see like the writing on the wall with like all the money printing that was happening and like the US dollar, like not, not being as strong. Um, so dude, I remember like going on my lunch break at, at work and like, I would, I would buy like silver bars and like gold coins. Like I, I was in, I was investing into some, uh, precious metals, um, because of 
kind of what I saw going on with just like the extreme printing of money and like where inflation is right now. It's at like seven and a half percent, I think was the last time. Um, and that's when I kind of came across Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Like I, I, I had heard of it before. Um, but to me, the first time I heard about it in like 2014, 2015, it was just like, a, I, I didn't really get it. Um, but then once I started to, to see the problem that it solved, cause I think that was the biggest thing for me is like, I never saw the problem before, but once I saw that problem and I thought like gold and like precious metals, I thought like that was kind of the answer. Um, I kind of went all in on crypto. So ever since I think it was like early 2020 or like really when the pandemic started, um, that's when I started getting heavily invested primarily into Bitcoin. I'm not huge on like other currencies, but yeah, I would say right now, 80 plus percent of my, my, uh, my wealth is in Bitcoin right now. Love it. I love Bitcoin. I love crypto. I love, and I'm starting to get more into NFTs and I'm super fascinated about all that space. I mean, it's what got me into content creation because I got so fascinated about that and I wanted to talk to more people about that subject and it became just such a one-dimensional conversation when I would talk to friends mm -hmm. and family members. So that's why I just started creating content and the rest is history. But um, anyways, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Let, let my audience know where to find you and anything else you would like to share. Yeah, man. Um, actually, one more thing I want to add onto the last question yeah. in, in regards to investing. I didn't mention this, but I think the first place to invest is actually into yourself, right? I know we were talking a little bit more about like, like financial, but I'm constantly looking to like reinvest into myself, reinvest into my business. Um, and then, you know, the, the crypto portion is just something I, I put in every once in a while and like, I don't touch it, right? I just like store that somewhere else. I don't even like look at it. I don't even think about it. Such a great point. But yeah, where can, where can people find me? It's just Mike.Rama on TikTok. Um, and from there, you'll be able to find everything else. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of, of Sticks and Stones. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Thank you for Mike for coming on and joining me. Uh, make sure you subscribe subscribe to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Rate it five stars. Share with everyone you know. And also subscribe to the YouTube. Hit the like button and leave your comments down below. If you don't follow me already on TikTok, be sure to check me out at Stone Fredrickson and at Coach Stone. Plus, follow me on Instagram. Add me on LinkedIn at Stone Fredrickson. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.